You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome to the Great Doctors Inspiring Stories series on Plug Into Health. On this episode, we have a neurosurgeon and Harvard Medical School graduate in our midst. His name is Dr. Robert Kofi, and he practices at Provea Health and HSHS St. Vincent and St. Mary's Hospitals in Green Bay. He also cares for patients with Neuroscience Group based in the Fox Valley. Now, we asked Dr. Kofi to join us for this special series upon learning about his why for becoming a neurosurgeon. It's a very touching story about his mother, and we are so grateful to him for being willing to share his story with us and with all of you. Dr. Kofi, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, I'm just going to sort of set the scene here where we're sitting here recording and, and you literally you just got done with, with surgery. You're, you're in your scrubs. Um, we're so grateful for you to, to take the time and come and chat with us. But I want to know a little bit more about what you do as a neurosurgeon. Yeah, of course. Um, as a neurosurgeon, I take care of patients with uh, brain or spine problems. So ranging from patients who have brain tumors or spinal problems like disc herniation, scoliosis, or any degenerative problems with your spine. I also take care of patients who've had traumatic events that have led to injury to the brain or the spine. Mm -hmm. What does a typical day look like for you? Are you always in an operating room? Um, Not always, but uh, a typical day depends. I think there are days that are dedicated to clinic, which means uh, I see patients who come in with different problems, and then I diagnose the problems and come up with a treatment plan to address the problems. And uh, there are days where I'm actually in the OR, like today, where I'm doing surgery all day. And then there are days where I'm on call where I could be doing surgery from somebody who had an accident or something or a trauma that comes in, or I could be seeing a patient in the hospital who needs my help. I'm going to make an assumption. When you're doing surgery on a spine or a brain, That's got, it sounds like, would that be many hours in an operating room? Yeah, it's many hours, and it, it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of stamina to uh, really navigate what's going on and do it safely and bring people back to where they want to be and so forth. So your path to becoming a neurosurgeon technically started, we'll say, as a child. And before we get more into that, we'd love to hear more about where you grew up and your family growing up. And that starts in Ghana. That's correct. Yeah, I grew up in Ghana. It's a small country in West Africa. And uh, I, uh, you know, as a child... My my mom always used to say that I, I would say when I was as early as six years old that I want to be a doctor. I want to, you know, just care for people. But as you grow older, um, things change. And then I'm like, oh, I want to be a soccer player. Oh, and then I wanted to be an astronaut. And I wanted to be a musician and so forth. So things kind of change. But I didn't really make a conscious decision to stick with medicine until after I was a teenager. So... One of the the many reasons we we've asked you to be here today was was because of your mom and um, there's a there's a kind of a, a special story behind all of this. First, tell us a little bit about your mom. Um, kind of a you know paint the picture of of who mom is for us. No, she's um, 
she's a very uh, caring person who uh, absolutely dedicates her life to caring for her children and uh, and also dedicates her life to to God basically she's a very very strong Christian fasts all the time prays all the time and she really instilled in us a sense of uh, purpose in terms of uh, making sure we are really aligned and okay with what God has for us, what God's plan is for us, and always treating people right in a way that actually uh, is consistent with being raised up as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something happened to mom when you were younger. Can you tell us what that was? Yes. Uh, when I was uh, a teenager, my, my mom was, she was going, she was just walking down the streets and um, she, there was a person driving this was uh, somebody who was drunk basically and that person had hit another person and was trying to run away and was still driving very fast and my mom was on the side of the road and um he he hit my mom and she was you know like really elevated her in the sky i was told and uh, brought her down she was completely fractured um, multiple parts of her body and had to be taken emergently for an operation and so forth. And at that point, I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there to really see what happened. But I, I, I first saw her in the hospital, and, you know, like I said earlier, my mom was growing up the most important person in our lives. She really made sure she'll go and work, and then she'll come home, make sure we're okay, and make sure we we get everything we needed. So she was the center of everything for us growing up. And to have somebody like that just in a position where she was completely shattered and uh, devastated was very, it was traumatic, but also uh, really got you closer to God. And you, you got to, that's when you realize that the reason why she was very serious with God is because in the end, only God is in control of all these things. And so um, that experience really got me to pray a lot and I remember praying that you know God please you know save my save my mom and and uh, I you know as a a young teenager I'm like I'm going to do a bargain with God and say hey if you help me and you save my mom I'm going to try to help as many people as I can and um and uh she she recovered she had surgery she recovered from the surgery and um she was in the hospital for several months um, just recovering from this and uh, miraculously she's she's alive today and um, and I, I'm, I'm trying hard to really pass the blessing that God has blessed us to other people as a physician. Yeah and, and so here you are here you are today a, a practicing neurosurgeon. Um, let's talk a little bit about the path that you took to get there uh, this includes three degrees from Harvard. Um, <laughs> I don't be shy. You're, you're a brilliant, brilliant physician. Please share with us your path from from when you make that promise to where you are today. Well, when uh, when I did that, I was still in high school. So um, the path to becoming a neurosurgeon is very long for anyone. I took an exceptionally long one. 
uh, in part because I was still excited about other things, like I was excited about physics and science and research. And so I, after college, I went uh, into the MD-PhD program where you got both an MD degree and a PhD degree. So I got a PhD in biophysics at Harvard and uh, went on to finish medical school at Harvard Medical School as well. And uh, after medical school, it became very clear to me that uh, neurosurgery was the frontier of medicine in terms of how challenging and exciting the problems were and how much of a dramatic impact you can have on people's lives. So when I made the promise that I wanted to help people, I wasn't certain that I wanted to be a neurosurgeon or not. It was after I was exposed to neurosurgery as a specialty that I was attracted to it and really dedicated myself and my time to actually uh, go through the training and become a neurosurgeon. So I did medical school there and I I ended up going to the Massachusetts General Hospital, um, also at Harvard, uh, to to become a neurosurgeon and was able to finish that as well. And while there, I I thought I just balance out my education by getting an MBA from Harvard as well. Yeah, you know, just just balance it out with that third Harvard degree, right? <laughs> yeah, you might as well get balanced. <laughs> I can imagine just getting into Harvard Medical School is a feat in itself. Um, was had you always had that interest in in the sciences and and medicine growing up? Was anybody else in your family in the field of medicine? No, I, I'm the first. And so I I didn't expect to get into Harvard. It was like I almost even didn't apply because I was like, I'm probably not going to make it. Um, uh, but one of my professors in college was like, you, you can do it. And, you know, I had a lot of people encouraging me to, to just give it a shot. In the end, I... I applied. I I got into you know Stanford and Yale and Hopkins and the rest of them and decided to go to Harvard uh, because the community kind of fit best with what I was trying to what I was trying to do. And um, I mean, and then even after getting there, I always got the sense that hey, I don't belong. I'm just a poor kid. All these people are more wealthy, better families than mine, and just kind of you know have that hey, did they screw up? Why am I really here? And so maybe getting all these additional Harvard degrees was just to let myself know that maybe I do belong there, you know, mm-hmm. so. How's mom today? Oh, by God's grace, she's doing okay. Um, obviously, after being in such a traumatic event, you have, you know, issues related to that experience. And um, she's not medically 100%, but she's alive. She's in good spirits. She still prays a lot. She still loves God, and she, you know, constantly, you know, wants to be in church. And so she's in very, very good spirits, which is very good. I can imagine how very proud she is of you, her son. I hope she's proud. I hope that, um, you know, above all else, I think to be able to know that I made her a little happy for what she's done for us is sufficient for me. I mean, that's that's more important than most anything. How does that promise um, that you made all those years ago to dedicate your life to helping others, how does that translate into the work that you're doing today for patients here in Northeast Wisconsin? I think it, it really matters because it, it really makes it personal because 
it's very easy as a physician, especially as a surgeon, where when you're doing an operation, people are draped, you don't see their faces, it's like you see just blood in the brain and the spine, whatever. You, it's very hard to dissociate from from the human that you're working on. And so by having an experience where somebody that I care dearly about uh, would have been in a position like a patient that I'm operating on, it makes it really personal. So to me, all these people are family members to me. They could be my mom, they could be my, you know, my brother or sister. So I, I really spend the time to make sure that I treat them as such because in the end, you have to make people feel comfortable with you and you have to realize that even if you're the best surgeon or the best doctor, if you don't care for people as a human being, the outcomes you get are not going to be as good. So I, I treat people like a family member always. And whenever I feel tired or I feel like I maybe I don't want to treat this person like a family member because of this or that or the other thing, I remind myself that it doesn't matter what they've done or what they have or what they've been through. I always treat them as their family and try to do my best for them and get them better. Well, well said. Well said, Dr. Kofi. What do you want listeners to take away from this? Any messages you want people to take away from this episode? Uh, well, I want I want you know people to know that um, it it takes a lot of time to get and dedication and training, et cetera, to get to where we are. But we are here just to help. And in the end, um, just know that if you have a neurosurgical issue, that there are neurosurgeons locally here and elsewhere that can help. And don't be afraid. Don't be shy about it. Um, get Find help and get help. And um, there are a lot of doctors who have similar stories to mine, maybe even more inspiring than mine, who are willing to help. So people should feel comfortable reaching out and getting help. I can tell you, you've left us here, even just in this room, very inspired. Thank you so much, Dr. Kofi, for everything that you do for our patients and for our community as well. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. To learn more about Dr. Robert Kofi and Prevea Neurosurgery in partnership with Neuroscience Group, please visit prevea.com slash neurosurgery. And to our listeners, we have more in our Great Doctors Inspiring Stories series on Plug Into Health available now. This includes an episode with Dr. Kathy Long, a Prevea Health doctor who, after losing her sister to childhood cancer, has now dedicated her career to helping other children overcome cancer and blood disorders. Plug Into Health is available on all major podcasting platforms, and you can always find us at prevea.com slash podcast. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Prevea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit prevea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Prevea Health at Prevea.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Prevea Health.